Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Oh, what a blessing. It's very clear that God is near God is here, those in Ottawa, those online, those in Peru, wanna welcome you, welcome each and every one of you. I pray that all of you are inviting people during this Christmas season. I've invited the entire staff of the Hampton Inn in Ottawa, Illinois. And when I, absolutely. (laughs) And uh, when I checked in the last time, uh, Jillian, Uh, super great gal over there. I'm like, Jillian, do you still have my invitation? And right there on the front desk, she held up one of the invite cards and said, oh, we got them. I'm like, well, I can't wait to have all of you. There's, uh, I would love, I would love to celebrate Christmas Eve with my friends from the Hampton Inn for sure. Last month, when I was here at Crossbridge, I had supper on Saturday night at Stone Jug Barbecue in Peru. If you've never had the nachos there, you, I have missed out on one of the finest delicacies that humans have ever crafted. And of course, on my way back to the hotel, driving north on I-39, I saw this spectacular light display on the west side of Interstate. So when I got back to my hotel, I jumped on my phone and Googled lights, LaSalle, Peru, and, and I discovered this spectacular celebration of lights in LaSalle, Illinois. And so last weekend, my daughter Brooke was here with me. I'm like, Brooke, I have the perfect Saturday night date night for father, daughter. We went and grabbed a pizza from Bianchi's, Bianchi's. Uh, We grabbed hot chocolate from Casey's and we drove through the celebration of lights. I have lived in five different uh, cities, including Kansas City, Minneapolis, most of the cities, I think every city that I've lived in has had some sort of a light display, but nothing like that. It was absolutely spectacular. I don't know about you, but I think everybody likes light. Everybody likes Christmas lights. Have you ever heard a child shout out from their bedroom, mommy, daddy, I'm afraid of the light? (laughs) Of course not. In fact, we have a device used to help kids and it's called a night Light. Have you ever presented a child with a day darkener? I mean, that's a really good gift, isn't it? (laughs) Wow, winner, winner, chicken dinner, right? No, no, no. You'll never hear someone say, oh man, I, I just love all this cloudy weather. I'm just so thankful that we haven't seen the sun for 10 straight days. Of course not. Everybody, everybody likes light. So this Christmas season, we're looking at the light of the world that shines brightly in the darkness, as described by a man named John, who wrote a book that we have in our Bible on the life of Jesus. John was one of the 12 original disciples, 
And his book is one of the four first-hand accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four first-hand accounts of men who lived and walked when Jesus did, observed his life, and wrote about it. So last week I shared with you a lot of history so that you could understand some of the context around the book of John. We shared that he was the youngest of the 12 disciples. He lived longer than any of the 12. He wrote his book towards the end of his life. He witnessed a lot of pain, a lot of chaos. He witnessed the death of two of his best friends, Peter and Paul, who were executed by King Nero. He lived in 66 AD when King Nero sent General Vespasian into Galilee. And in the next four years, over one million Jews were slaughtered before that war ended. At the end of John's life, because of his belief and his teaching about Jesus, he was exiled to an island. Lots of horror, chaos, pain, suffering, isolation. Yet John never lost faith in Jesus. And there's a sense that he wrote the book towards the end of his life and he's like, man, I've experienced all these things. I've seen all these things. I was, I was there with Jesus and I took care of his, his mother Mary towards the end of her life. I've got to write these things down because in future generations, I want everyone to know just how strongly I believe in the life, birth, death, resurrection, of Jesus Christ. So John's book does not start with the story of Mary and Joseph and King Herod and shepherd and, and wise men. John is old, his health is failing, he's witnessed so much more. And so he, discuss, he begins his book by telling us why, why the birth really matters, why the life of Jesus really matters, why it's such an important story for us to receive and to live. And with everything that he went through, he said, in him, in Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Have you ever noticed how many common phrases that we use that include the word light? Someone with an extra outgoing personality, we say that he lights up the room. When you tell someone to start a project, we say that we gave her the green light. When you're nearing the end of a long and maybe a, a, an arduous project, you say, whew, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. When you go to bed before your family member comes home, you tell them, hey, I'll leave the light on. Basketball, sports, if someone gets hot and they make a few shots, you go, man, he's lighting it up. <laughs> if we're in love, you say, she's the light of my life. <laughs> if someone is clueless, we say, the light's on, but no one's home, right? <laughs> if we're really in love, we say, come on, baby, light my fire. <laughs> and her response is, turn out the lights, this party is over, it's time to go home. <laughs> Everybody likes light. 1931. During the Great Depression, the premier Christmas tree ceremony first took place in the Rockefeller Center in New York City. This year's tree, for the first time ever, came from Maryland. It was 79 feet tall. Every year, every year they look for a Norway spruce tree 
anywhere between 75 and 90 feet tall, and it needs to be very close, if not exactly 45 feet wide at the base. All year long, as soon as this tree, the new year hits, they begin looking for the tree that they'll put up in December. All year long, tree growers send in, picture, send in pictures hoping that their tree will be picked. The garden manager for the center looks at all the pictures, then he will actually travel and look at the tree. After the tree is cut, it receives a police escort during the middle of the night, so traffic is disrupted as little as possible. So far, the farthest tree has come from 518 miles away. This year's tree, first one ever from Maryland, traveled 145 miles. Now you can actually watch the lighting of the tree in the Rockefeller Center. You can watch it live on December 1st. It was live on NBC. These are some interesting stats. It takes 24 electricians on scaffolding to decorate the branches. They put over 50,000 LED lights. If you were to take the wiring of all those lights and stretch it out, it is a little over five miles long of lights. Over a half million people pass by that tree every day. Everybody, everybody likes light. Christmas is full of lights. And John, despite all that he, all the pain, all the darkness that he witnessed in life, he said Jesus is the light of our world. He used light to represent Jesus. And so today, what I want to do this weekend is I want to share with you four gifts that light presents to you and I to receive this Christmas season. And here's my prayer. All week long I've been praying that as I walk through these four gifts that there's one of them that you say, man, thank you, Jesus. That's the gift that I need this Christmas season. So here we go. The first one is light illuminates. It, it leads us. It, it gives us hope. It gives us direction because light illuminates. It lights up. When our son, Nathaniel, who's now 25, back when he was in junior high one summer, we went to the Black Hills and Mount Rushmore and Western South Dakota, South Dakota, and we went through a guided tour of a cave near Spearfish. Have any of you gone through uh, any cave uh, uh, around here or somewhere? I mean, it was a fascinating, it was very, very interesting experience. Uh, we had a blast. We had never done that before. At one point, the tour guide stopped us and he asked us if we wanted to see what total blackness looked like. And he kind of egged us on like, I mean, this is a rare opportunity and, and almost every tour I give. Now, I don't want anyone to be afraid. I don't want anyone, if, if there's someone that's really not comfortable, I'm not going to force you to do this. But, but most of my tours, in fact, almost all of them, you know, everyone eventually says, yes, we, we're willing to see what total pitch blackness looks like. And so he kind of egged us on and there were a few folks that were hesitant, but finally we all agreed, yes, we want to see what total blackness looked like. And so he went and flipped a couple of switches and all of the lights went off. And, 
And then he talked for a little bit and he told us a few stories. And then he said, do you guys want to see something really, really rare? Earlier, of course, we're all like, well, yeah, let's, yeah, of course. We paid like, you know, major dollars, like maybe five bucks to go on this tour. I don't know what it was. Like, yeah, show us. What's, what's this rare thing? He goes, well, earlier I told you that this was total darkness and it actually isn't. I, I want to tell you how you can look at something really, really cool. He said there's actually a very, very, very small amount of outside light in this cave. But in order to see that, what you have to do is you have to take your hands and you have to cup them and, and bring them up to your eyes, uh, make them like as if they're binoculars and, and bring them up to your eyes. And then you kind of have to squint. And if you really squint, you can see just a very, very light amount of light. So make sure everyone put, put your hands up to your eyes like binoculars and squint. Now, now is everyone, do, do you see it? Do you see it? And it's like total silent in there. And then he flips the lights on. Gotcha! <laughs> as all of us are like looking through our hands as if something's going to appear. Like I wanted to punch the guy. Like <laughs> Light illuminates. It helps us to see how things actually are. And what the tour guide discovered is there's a whole bunch of us gullible people going on his tours. <laughs> I was one of them. <laughs> he saw, he saw what we were doing after he turned the lights on. And so of course the, the thought is some of us, some of us are walking around in darkness. We truly need to authentically turn on the light switch of Jesus Christ so that we can see things the way that they actually are. Now, when we turn on the light of Christ, that doesn't mean life is, quote, easier. But when the light comes on, when we receive Jesus as the leader and the owner of our life, we will begin to see things. And yeah, you may see some things that need to be moved or some things that need to be picked up and things that you need to walk around and avoid, but you have hope, you have direction, you have guidance in a healthier future. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. John 8, verse 12. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. Are you following the light of Jesus Christ this Christmas season? Or are you walking in darkness? If you're walking in darkness, you're missing out on the gift of light, hope, illumination for our future. Light illuminates and light also captivates. It holds our attention it keeps us from distractions. We are drawn to light. Do you know that when a room or building is designed, there are parts of it that are better lit. People will always drift towards the spots with the most light. I took a tour of a, of a, of a, a large church facility actually up in Michigan, and they have one arrow that, or one hallway that is very narrow, and they actually 
darken the lights in this hallway and they put bright lights on the end so that people don't gather in that hallway. And they said, it's amazing, just by dimming the lights in this hallway, putting bright lights out in this area, people walk. They walk through that hallway. They don't stop. They don't linger. For a while, we were having traffic jams in that hallway. And simply by dimming the lights and adding light, now people walk through that hallway. You see, light captivates our attention. Scientists say that Physically, our brains are always encouraging us to pursue areas that have more visual information. That is, more well-lit areas. If you notice in museums, the different displays, they put more light on it, and that captures our attention and our interest. Our challenge, our challenge, friends, is because we are so drawn to light, we all have a need for light, it's very easy for us to make poor attempts at lighting up our own world. So here's what we do. We decide to start our own lights. Money. Money. And then we get money and we want a little bit more and a little bit more. Maybe it's human love and romance. That's what we chase after. We're like, man, if I just had a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, oh, I want to have children or grandchildren, and then, then my life will be complete or it's, it's career, it's, it's kids. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> what happens when we start our own light? Oh, it may light up for a little while, but sooner or later, what happens? It hurts because we're chasing false lights. Lights, that, lights that, that cannot satisfy. And we end up getting burned because we just continue to start matches, hoping that our light, hoping that that light will captivate us and satisfy us. And friends, listen. I believe John, the disciple, would shout from the hilltops, no, 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 friends, I love you. Jesus loves you. I love you. The only eternal flame in this world is Jesus Christ. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome it. So what light is it that you're chasing this Christmas season? Is it the light of Jesus Christ? Is it, is it other lights that have captured your attention? You've slowly wandered away or you've drifted away from the light of the world, Jesus. Light illuminates, light captivates, and light penetrates. It, it heals. It heals. In many parts of the upper Midwest, we have, a, uh, uh, we have to be unaware of a condition called seasonal affective disorder, SAD. This condition hits people starting in the fall and often it can last throughout the winter months because we don't get enough light here in the upper Midwest. We don't get enough sunlight. And so a little bit of an anatomy lesson, when there's an absence of light, our body produces melatonin, which makes us sleepy. That's why I am the guy that falls asleep in the movie theaters. Because <laughs> when it's dark, our body produces melatonin and it makes you very sleepy. The challenge in the upper Midwest is we need melatonin to be produced at night to refuel our bodies and to give our adrenaline glands a rest. 
What happens when we don't get proper light during the day is we are, are tired throughout the day and then we don't sleep well at night because we haven't had enough light during the day and darkness at night. Our bodies cannot adjust emotionally and psychologically. And so uh, we now have lamps that you can buy. They are called a, a light therapy lamp because we need the power. We need the healing power of light. And so we, we can buy a, a light therapy lamp. And I know people, uh, uh, I know people, and I've worked with people where they keep one of those therapy lamp in their office, in their desk. Some people keep it in their home. We also, that's why we travel to the south. And I'm not talking like Iowa, all right? Uh, I'm talking like if we can, we try and travel uh, somewhere to the south. Maybe it's for a week and we get some time on a beach and we enjoy the sun and it helps our body make it through the long winters. A lot of people this Christmas season have spiritual affective disorder. Spiritual affective disorder. We need God's light therapy to penetrate and to bring healing to our souls. Maybe there are areas of your life where you've shut the drapes. <laughs> you've asked God to just leave you alone in this area. And what it's caused, it's caused illness. It's caused disunhealth. I don't know what it might be. Maybe there's bitterness. Maybe there's jealousy. Maybe there's lust or selfishness or control. And, You've struggled giving God control, and so you've got spiritual affective disorder. John wrote in 1 John chapter 1, this is the message we have heard from him, and we declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie. We do not live by the truth, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We can be free from some of the emotional pain and, and some of the, uh, the emotional uh, uh, unhealth and, and some of those issues that I shared with you. We can have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, it purifies us, it cleanses us, it heals us from the inside out. There is this ongoing purifying, sanctifying work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life this Christmas. But you know what? It requires us to continue to live in surrender. Not, not stiff-arming God. Not, just, not hanging on to that bitterness. Not hanging on to that jealousy. Whatever it might be, but surrendering it to God. Is the light of Jesus penetrating and empowering your heart? your motives, your behavior. Light illuminates, it captivates, it penetrates, and it liberates. It brings freedom, it brings joy. The week that Jesus was arrested and crucified, he came into Jerusalem and a crowd of people met him. They had seen his miracles and they celebrated his arrival with palm branches. That's called Palm Sunday. Jesus started to share with them that his time physically here on earth was soon ending and they were like so confused. They thought the Messiah was to remain forever. And now we understand what Jesus was saying, that he would remain with us spiritually through his Holy Spirit, but physically he was going back to his Father. So in John chapter 12, then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer 
Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they're going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you and I can become children of light. Light brings joy. When you lose electricity and you're sitting in the dark and maybe you've lit some candles, what happens when the electricity and the lights come back on? There's joy. You high-five each other, right? This is great. The light is back on. Everyone's in a better mood because light liberates. It brings life. A fact that we all need to come to grips with is that we all will die. Medicine has now confirmed the mortality rate is 100%. The bad news is there's a universal problem called death. The incredible news that John teaches us, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son, that whoever believes in him places their faith and trust in him will not die spiritually but will have everlasting, eternal life. John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus did not come to whip you into shape. No, his love is reckless. He loves us even while we hurt him. Even while we ignore him, he still loves us. Oh, that overwhelming, reckless love of God, how it chases me down until I'm found. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He sent his son into the world to rescue the world, to redeem the world, to provide a pathway for you and me to come back home to our creator. Friends, listen, we all have a choice to make. The Holy Spirit is faithful to knock on the door of every human heart, I firmly believe. I believe the longer, the closer you get to death, if you're living in rebellion, I think God does all that he can to reach out to you. But yet we do know that there are men and women who die in rebellion to God. They choose for whatever reason. They choose to not receive him. I pray, I pray that you will receive him this Christmas season. He wants to illuminate, captivate, penetrate, and liberate. This is why I'm convinced the very first words that we hear from God way back in Genesis, way back in Genesis, he says, let there be light. Let there be light. He was sharing with us his desire to be our source of light throughout our lives and for all of eternity. So I want you to personalize this message. As I shared with you, I've been praying all week that one of these four gifts of light is exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted to share with you. Those of you online, those of you in Ottawa, those of you in Peru. So if you're in Peru or Ottawa, I want you to, don't break it yet, but in the, uh, in the chair in front of you, in the back, there's a pocket. And in that pocket is a glow stick. And so don't, don't, don't light the glow stick off yet. But I want you to snag one of those. And if you're at home, uh, you can kind of dim your lights and you can use your phone or you maybe have a lamp that you shut off. And here's what we're gonna do is I wanna just walk through these four gifts of light and whichever one the Holy Spirit says, that, that is for you. That is when I want you to start, that's when I want you to activate this light. So I wanna walk through those four if that's the gift that the Holy Spirit is offering you this Christmas, I want you to go ahead and activate your light. 
So the first one that I mentioned is light illuminates. It brings you direction. It gives you hope. It gives you guidance. If that's the gift that you want to receive this Christmas is the, is the illumination of light, would you just crack that? And you, that's your way of testifying and saying, thank you, Jesus, I receive. I receive that gift of hope. I receive that guidance that I need as we, as we go through uh, uh, this next season of life. So that's illumination. The next one is captivate. Maybe you've gotten distracted. Maybe you found yourself chasing things that, Maybe they're not bad things, but you aren't focusing on the light. And so you want the light of Jesus to captivate you. If, if that's the gift the Holy Spirit wants to present to you, you can just go ahead and, and crack your light right now. I think if you, if you just snap it and if you shake it, uh, wow, I can see that your lights are already up. Illuminates, captivates. What about penetrates? Maybe there's healing that you need. <laughs> Maybe it's emotional healing. Maybe it's physical healing. You say, Jesus, I need your light to heal me. <laughs> Maybe you've struggled with anxiety. Maybe you struggle with depression. Maybe this has just been a very, very dark time in your life or in your home or in your family. Penetrates, healing. And then the last one is liberating. Uh, I'm gonna... You know, as I was thinking about it, as I was thinking about it, uh, Yesterday, I read through these four. I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. I need all four of these gifts. (laughs) It was really hard. It was so hard to pick one. But I picked liberate. Freedom and joy. Freedom and joy. Aren't you thankful for the light of Christ? (laughs) Look how beautiful this room is. (laughs) Knowing that the Holy Spirit has given the gift of light, It's beautiful, it's beautiful. I wanna say a word of prayer. Father, oh man. It has been a dark season, we know that. We've we've had arguments and we've had bickering and we've seen tragic death at Christmas parades and in schools and we've had some painful weather occurrences in which there's been massive death in this year and obviously with COVID, we've had people that, that are no longer here on earth with us, various ages. I'm thinking of the gal I talked to up in North Dakota and she shared with me that She shared with me that her dad had passed away and that her husband's, both his mother and father, passed away during this COVID season and how painful it's been. And uh, she started, her voice started to shake. and She apologized on the phone and she didn't know I was a pastor. And I said, you do not have to apologize. In fact, if, if you believe in prayer, I would be happy to say prayer for you. God, we know this has been a hard time. There's been a lot of darkness. It's just, it's just kind of slammed up against our hearts. And so, Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your light. I'm so grateful. So grateful for the response, for those online, 
Peru and Ottawa, Jesus, we celebrate. We celebrate your goodness. We receive the gift that you're wanting to offer us this Christmas season. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.